begged and boarded. Forty-five. Jesse watch lots of movies, get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies, bet and board it, it's a way your life, tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your hoe, tell your wife, coming at you on a weekly basis, kicking up pod for your sexy faces, who's the two free kicks you want to bone, in the secret podcast bunker all alone, on the internet we be the top crooks, we got issues and we owe me funny books, homie Jimmy Moore and the dinos are chilling, me and JR, we got the top villain, sit down, relax, and yo, we'll take a seat, get ready for the top podcast, you all agree, others spit loud, but I can spit faster, I'm Matt. Cohen, I'm the Jew master. We got everything you could possibly want in it. An hour of us in the Brento minute. I'm a little laid back and he's making a maniacal. We just talking shit. Who said the show was viable? Walking in the door, smoking that Jimmy Moore. You're listening from Alabama, all the way to Singapore. We just two weeks and that's the topic of discussion. Headings of the slopes on the green, on nothing. Quick stop and I told you, storming like a typhoon. It's not right, it's wrong. It's taking lots of bones. It's reaching every show, everyone celebrates. Cause we got comics, movies, and a little penetration. I regret every episode as soon as it's recorded. Cause I'm down to earth and that is out of orbit. We're not quite. Right, right, our thoughts are distorted. So now we present to you another bag of boards. Bagged and boarded, 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 bagged and boarded. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bagged and Boarded. I am Matt Cohen, and I am joined here by a very special guest. Wait a minute. Actually, I, he's not special whatsoever. Ladies and germs, please welcome back your friend and mine. Your lover and mine, your Alabama brother and mine, Jesse Gerard, Joe Bob Rivers. Hello, everyone. What up, Jesse? What's up, man? It's been a minute, no? It's been about a month. I mean, I, I've spoken to you quite a few times, but when is when is the last time that you have been on the podcast, sir? Uh, middle of November. Holy shit! So it has it has so been two months, two months, man. A lot, a yeah. lot, a lot's changed. Um, people have been clamoring for your return, homie. Have you not been doing a good job? It's good to have you back. I mean, I've been doing a job. I don't want to. I don't want to put a, a level on it. I think. I think <laughs> it's been different. What we've only done. Uh, do do I'm gonna say five shows without you. Well, at least you kept it a little consistent. That's about what we would do anyway. No, actually, I mean, I had it majorly consistent, dude. Like, for the the past four weeks, I didn't miss a show, which is better than we've ever done, I think, since the very <laughs> I was on a fucking roll there for a minute. You might you might throw a fork in the work, sir. Yo, um, I, I know this is a visual reference that people can't see, but your ears are actually probably the right size for that shirt. Oh, thank you. Are you saying I have big ears? I'm wearing a... Uh, yes. Do I have big ears? Uh, well, they're They're out there. I've never heard anyone in my life tell me I have big ears before. Well, I mean, it's not the ears aren't big. Your head is just small. For any, maybe I'll post a picture for you folks. I'm wearing a. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize this shirt looks kind of cool on the Skype, dude, because it's <laughs> perfect level. I'm wearing a um a Mickey Mouse shirt, but it's basically Mickey Mouse's entire body with his head cut off, where the neck of the shirt is. So it looks like my head is on. Look, I can dance. Just I I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, welcome back, homie. Where, where, for, for people who don't, uh, keep up on the show, where, where the fuck you be? You're not, you're not in my living room right now, are you? No, I'm not. I am actually about 2,200 miles away from you. That's the... Which is at least like a half an hour drive. 45 minutes, something. 45 minutes without traffic. Uh, you're back in Alabama, Cher- right? 
Yeah, Sherry asked me if I was going to drive to your apartment to do the podcast. <laughs> today. Um, how is it, sir? How's it? How's it being home? The last time we spoke to you, you were about to move from Los Angeles back to Alabama. Now the move is done. Uh, how goes it, man? Oh uh, well, it's actually it's the opposite of what I thought it would be. I thought I would be okay for a while, and then once I got acclimated to everything, that I would kind of start getting a little depressed but it's been different because it's been so hard finding a fucking job and getting situated and shit so now i'm begging to get to that point where i'm settled are, are but you I'm, I'm close are you nearing that point i mean though like shit's shit's working out there a little bit yeah i mean it's just you know starting over is kind of tough getting started i don't want to dwell on fucking personal shit yeah, I don't that was the last few episodes but real quick let's just name the, the the immediate pros and cons like like you're back are you chilling with your friends again you know what i mean oh yeah yeah that's, that's why of- i probably still sound sleepy i was up to fucking 6 a.m this morning playing cards yeah dude every time i speak to you you're like out at some chicken joint or you're like at my buddy's house watching this or you're like hold on <laughs> it was out of chicken hold joint. on let me order some burgers like you're always at food places or something <laughs> Food is better. The food is better. Uh, the prices yeah. are better, right? Yes. Um, what's not better if we want to get morbid? I like the shit on your wall. I'm sorry, folks. I apologize. This is the first time I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to see? Jesse, I got this Jesse's is like new my fucking office. Holy shit, Jerome! Very fucking nice. That's all your room, dude. Yeah, this is my. Folks, Jesse has got a banging office with it with a chasing Ami poster and some uh, some comic books hung thank on you, the, you, hung on the wall. Very nice, dude. So, um, what are the negatives? What what are the things you miss most immediately about not being in Los Angeles anymore? Honestly, it's it's the fact that I have to check the newspaper every week to see when Crazy Heart is coming here or when. A smaller film finally widens. That it fucks with me every day. See, you're right. I just take it for granted here. Like, I don't, I don't even go to movie theaters. You know what I mean? I, I hardly, I hardly see yeah. films in theaters unless it's like a screening or something. So, um, I can't imagine. Yeah, I guess that's a big thing, right? Is checking for when the movies come. I mean, it's a big thing to me. I don't suppose it's a big thing in life but yeah it bothers me a bit so so movies obviously you're you went from the movie capital of the world to alabama uh (laughs) which is not the movie capital of the world to say the least um what else has changed for you uh what about weed have you been smoking at all um once after i took the drug test for my job I hate, I, I hate to I like really, I hate to put shit on Front Street like that, but fucking. Whatever. Oh no, I don't care. I just no, I don't have the disposable income to get it right now. Maybe later, but no, not lately. For my purposes, what's the weed like in Alabama? Uh, well, I mean, I could have told you that for I came here. It stay in Cali. You don't want to come no, here, I mean, and get dude. It. I mean, Florida almost fucking broke me, and that <laughs> that was decent weed too. I mean, um. Just, just not, not even, doesn't even seem like the same plant, right? <laughs> Probably. No, no. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do that. What about comics, man? Have you found comics? I haven't seen a comic book store. I'd have to go to the fucking flea market or buy them online. The flea market? Like some dude has to yeah. go, some dude goes to a comic book store, buys a bunch of books, and then brings them to your small ass town to sell them at a flea market? I, I, I don't know how he does it. He can't go to a comic book store unless he goes out of he fucking town. Week re- he doesn't have them on Wednesday though, does he? 
Well, flea market's only on the weekends, but he's got the oh, new ones that following week. So he probably goes out of town. He might, yeah. Have you been missing uh, comics? Is that has that affected you? Uh, not lately, because you know more important shit to worry about. But I'm sure that once everything calms down, I'll yeah, I'll be pissed and I'm not getting comics. Jesse, it's good to have you back, sir. You know why? Why? You are the king of segways. Well, I mean, you kind of done I mean, it. I mean, I, I, mean I, I knew what you were working I for. I subtly led you there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Folks, this, this, Jesse's, Jesse's brilliant point brings us to the topic of today's show, or at least a large portion of it. Um, Jesse is kind of as unaware of this as the audience is, so it'll be news to everyone, kind of. I mean, I filled you in a little bit, right? I think you filled me in a lot. <laughs> I mean, I've, okay. given, I've dropped hints um, to tease it, if you were, to build you up. Drop hints. I dropped bombs. I dropped mad hints, yo. Um, about three weeks ago, well, let, let me let me do my fucking meandering backstory type story because that's the only way I know how to do it. Um, I've been buying comic books every Wednesday for about five years now, and uh, it started off with just Hellboy books, and then it and then. I think I started picking up Uncanny again, and from that, I mean, the floodgates fucking opened, and within five months of, of picking up comics again, I was at 30-plus books a week, and I had about $70 average a week, and I maintained that for, like, five years, you know, that was that was my Wednesday. Every Wednesday, I went to the comic book store, I bought my 20-plus books, you know, I went home, I had my giant, satisfying pile that you could fucking, ho- you know what I mean, just the pile, dude, when you had a good pile going on a Wednesday. I saw some of them. Yeah, oh dude, they were they were they they were impressive. And um you know I've been doing that and, and like yeah, like I I um let's put it this way, back in the day when I first got back into it on a Wednesday, I would I would finish my books in an hour, maybe 2 hours at the most. I would read 20 comic books in an hour and fucking, you know, already on that Wednesday be excited for next Wednesday. And then slowly but surely some of the books would last to Thursday, and then, and then, you know, as the years went by, maybe cut to a year ago, I would read maybe 20% of my books on a Wednesday, and, and the rest of my books would linger throughout the week, and it kind of became more of a chore to read them than a pleasure thing. It became more of, well, I gotta finish this week's pile until I, until I pick up next week's, otherwise I'm gonna be fucked. If, do you wanna jump in at any point? <laughs> Oh, no, no, okay. Like, going on vacation was always a really big deal because I knew I was going to be a week behind, and a week behind put me two weeks behind because, of, you know what I mean? It was just a fucking snowball effect to one point where I think I had, like, four weeks worth of unread comics about a year ago that I that I blew through in a weekend. Like, I locked myself in my room and was like, your goal for today is to read 90 fucking comic books. And goal very much like like a, like a, like a school test or, like, an exam, you know, like... <laughs> Like a task set out before me, like you have this amount of comic books, you have to finish them now. And it wasn't about I want to finish them. In my mind, it became about I have to finish them, you know. And and that's that has to do with my addictive personality and me being a collector and a hoarder and all that fun stuff. But regardless, this didn't bother me. I'm I'm lucky enough to have a disposable income where where I can afford twenty comic books a week, you know. And and uh, that was fine. And then I saw a show called Hoarders. Jesse, have you seen Hoarders? <laughs> no, but uh, a friend of mine was it? talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, ten minutes worth of Hoarders, and I was like, I gotta, I got, I'm, I'm done. I gotta stop. I, I so uh, you're done. 
I mean, long story short, I watched the show Hoarders, and, and it was, uh, the episode I saw was about, like, a man in his 70s who collected, God knows what he fucking collected. It, the major, the majority of his collection was beer cans, and he had, like, 80,000 in a garage. But, like, there was so much stuff in this guy's house that there was no space to walk or move, and his toilet, his bathroom was, was covered by, by collection, so he used an adult diaper instead of using his toilet, like, and then threw the adult diaper what? in the bathroom. So, like, if you open his bathroom door, there was, like, ten years worth of adult diapers rotting in there and stuff. So, obviously, I'm not that extreme, dude. But at that point, I flashed to myself, like, God willing or whatever, whatever willing, I lived uh, a good old age, but I was, like, 80-year-old Matt, like, lying alone in his boxers, <laughs> dying on my floor, surrounded by towers of long boxes like that was the vision i flashed to and i was like i don't want that man like well, i buying that many would cause it well that was the thing if i exponent if i buy 30 comic books a week exponentially for the rest of my life and yeah that's gonna be a lot of fucking long boxes at a certain point dude i've got i'd say i've got 20 long boxes in storage and i've only been in la for less than two years i've got eight long boxes already from the so, last yeah, that's, two years that's of just new books, too. Not No back issues, no... I didn't buy any collections or anything. That's just new fucking releases. So it, it literally came down to that. It was like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a collector, I'm a hoarder. I cannot rightfully ever throw out anything I buy. I can't throw out a comic book. That would be the... I'd rather no, that's insane. die than do that. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's an exaggeration, but I've just got that in me where... Oh, if I've spent money on something, I have a really, 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 really tough time getting rid of it ever. Ever. That's just the way my brain works. So I realized if I keep buying these fucking comic books, sooner or later my life is going to become about storing long box. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, my apartment ain't that big, dude. Like, it's... I'd say half of what could be closet space right now is dedicated to long boxes. And because of that, I've, like, I've got clothes in random drawers and boxes and on top... You know what I mean? Like... Yep. I make the comics such a priority. So, sorry to ramble on here. Uh, <laughs> I fucking, I, I, I went on the, um, like I usually do, I go to Midtown Comics every week to check the next week's releases, even though I hate Midtown Comics and don't live in New York. But they seem to have a really good updated list. Um, Why don't you just go to Diamond? Just Diamond? <laughs> I don't know. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retarded. Because Midtown's got like if you click if you scroll over the title, it gives you a picture uh, of a okay. cover. So I kinda like that. Um yeah. uh, so I went to Midtown and where I usually every Thursday I usually go on to the next week's releases and I go, okay, I go from company to company and I and I write them down. I go, okay, I'm getting this and that and that and that and that and that and that and that. And then usually back in the day, it used to be I'd get through D if I got through DC like halfway and I was at 10 bucks, <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, fuck you, Marvel. I'd be like, Marvel, fuck you. <laughs> and Marvel usually fucked me. Marvel, you'd get down to the X's and you'd be okay. And then it would be like fucking nine books you had to buy. Uh. So I went on about two weeks ago. I got back from Fish in Miami. I missed a week of comics, but it was good because nothing came out that week, apparently. New Year's week, only comic that came out from any company was Darkest Night. Which is actually a funny story. Do you know about this? Blackest Night? Blackest Night. Do you know about this? No, I don't know anything. All the companies really. agreed to not release books on New Year's. And then DC put out one book. 
Blackest Night number six, and it sold, of course, like a million fucking copies. Like, That's kind of fucked up. Really fucked up, right? Like, one of the most fucked up moves I've ever heard in the comic industry. Like, Marvel and DC had an agreement not to release a single title on New Year's Week, and DC released one title. So the only new comic book in stores <laughs> on January 2nd or whatever was Blackest Night number fucking six. Regardless. Um... I got back from from Fish in Miami, which was tons of fun and all that, and I went on the list, and in a week, first I did it as I normally did, and I wound up with 27 books. And I said, okay, do you want to die alone with comic books? (laughs) Or or do you want to stop relying on material things to to pretend to make you happy? So from that 27, I knocked it down to three. The week after that, should have been 25 books, I picked up two. This week should have been 30. I picked up four. I'm down. I, I've quit comic books in my mind. Even though I no, still... No, you just became smarter about it. See, no, in my... It, to me, comic the whole comic book, the sickness is over. I've quit that. Like, I can I can miss weeks now. It's You know what I mean? It's not, um... I, I finally enjoy, it's, it's, okay, let's put it like this. It's a weird metaphor and it's hard to describe it in any other asset, aspect of life because it seems so ridiculous, but like, I don't buy every DVD that comes out on a Tuesday. I buy what I want. Yes. I buy what I, I'm gonna enjoy and wanna watch. Now I do the same thing with comics and it seems, it seems like an easy thing to think of, but like, man, it took years to fucking realize that we're the retards that are, that are keeping the industry awful. Every time, uh, every time yeah. I buy a Jeff Loeb fucking Red Hulk book, it's gonna let Jeff Loeb write another fucking Red Hulk book, which I'm gonna buy and he's gonna <laughs> you write. Don't like I'm Loeb? gonna buy and he's gonna no, dude. And like, I, I feel bad because it's Sam Loeb, but I know that sounds awful. But like, I don't like Jeff Loeb. Older Jeff, I mean, well, I like younger you know, Jeff like Loeb. Long Halloween good. Jeff Loeb, but like yeah. Marvel, I don't like Marvel Jeff Loeb. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Not at all. Well, but, congratulations. Thank you, sir, dude. It's fucking liberating. And the and the other and the other amazing thing is, a I thought the guy I thought our dude Chris at Meltdown would be all like psyched, like, yeah, good for you, Matt. Like you finally beat him. He's he seems kind of like pissed or upset or something. But, but but see, you mentioned that to me, and I don't understand why he would be pissed. It's not like he gets a commission. I don't know. Maybe in his mind, it's like that fucking Amy line, like another one bites whatever. The, when the lesbians say to each other, it's like, oh, another. There goes another comic book fan. You know, there aren't that. I many. I don't think so. I think you're looking too much into it. I know. Yeah, obviously, I'm projecting. Like, oh no, we lost Matt Cohen as a comic book fan. What are we gonna do as a <laughs> <laughs> as a fandom? We're fucked. Um, it's just the other amazing thing is uh how little uh. I'd say if I buy three books a week, two of them are from IDW or Dark Horse or Vertigo. It's once you once you narrow down to the books you actually enjoy, you'll be surprised how little Marvel and DC books you actually buy, or at least me in my case. Yeah, I, I think I would buy more Marvel DC. The only Marvel book I'm currently the only current Marvel books I actively buy are uh, Amazing Spidey, which I still enjoy. The Gauntlet thing has been fun, and Deadpool. I think that's it. Yeah. As far as Marvel, I'm being serious. Oh, and Frankencastle. I uh, yeah. You I saw what? the photo for it. Dude, it's fucking amazing. It's it's the, the the three issues that have been put out so far are like my, some of my favorite issues in comics. Like Remender is a fucking man, dude. It's like this guy Rick Remender is like Dan Slott. It's it's comedy. It's not 
It's not boring superhero shit. You know what I mean? Like, he uses yeah. the characters, but it's fresh. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying... Over at DC, um, anything Dini does, I'll buy. Flat out. He's not doing Batman anymore, is he? No, he's doing Gotham City Siren. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Streets of Gotham. So he's got oh. two books going on still. Uh, I Flat out, Paul Dini, to me, writes the most fun, you know? As far as... As far as... Non-continuity related... Yeah. Actual stories, because you know, I'm still reading Blackest Night, though I want to stop. But it's two issues left. Why not? It's almost over. Yeah, it's almost over. Um, Just see, don't get to tie-ins. Oh, dude, what are you crazy? I mean, <laughs> flat out, bro. Like I stop. I think my favorite book in comics are. I'll give you my three favorite books in comics: Lock and Key, which you haven't read yet, right? Right. Are you going to at any point? I'm sure I will when I can. Uh, Unwritten, which you are reading, right? Yes. And Beast of Burden. I've got the first two. It's, I enjoyed them. It's so fucking good. They've been yeah. four now. It's really, really, really good. You like Chew, right? Yeah. Someone, I got the first five. Someone was telling me about that. What's that about? Um, It's a detective that they, they call it something. I don't remember what the actual term for a person that can do this is. But he's a detective that if he eats something, he can see its history. So oh, sometimes really? he'll eat body parts to see how they die and shit. There was, do you, you read Polanuk? <laughs> uh, the novelist? Yeah. Uh, I've read a few. Did you I read, read Choke? And... Did you read Rant? No. In Rant, the main character, by tasting a girl's pussy, can like tell her what she ate if she's sad. Like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Like, like he diagnoses women, like, like, and tell them their, their childhood history and if they were abused and like, what, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Pawnuck's nuts, dude. It may be the same thing. It may be a real I, thing I to have. I don't know. I don't think so. Do you? Does that sound like a real fucking thing? I don't see how it could be. Like you eat a burger and then you know where the cow lived? Yeah. Is that what Chew does? Yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So for him, for, for a case to be successful for Chew, there's got to be some kind of food evidence, no? There, there was in the, I mean, I didn't finish the first, uh, storyline, but there, there was, like, it was, uh, they were poisoning, was it poisoning people? In a Chinese restaurant or something? I, I can't remember. Meaning, like, so if there ain't, if there's no food on the scene, Chew is fucking useless. He can't, yeah, like, well, he can't, like, he, eat, like, someone's shoe and tell the history, can it? Or is it has to be actual? Oh, uh, yeah, he, no, he ate a, f well, if he ate a finger of someone. Oh, okay, oh, so he can put random yeah. shit in his mouth? Yeah. That's cool. You know who that kind of reminds me of? Um, I always forget the dude's name. What was the blind guy from Fables? The one who used to cut his fucking eyes out. Uh, you would know better than I. Do you remember what I'm talking about, though? Yeah. There was that one character in Fables that, that could see the future. If he touched someone or something, he could see... No, it was if his eyes were open, he could see the future. That's why oh. he, he would cut his eyes out every fucking day. Whenever they would need him, he'd let them grow back, and then he'd cut them. Oh. That's a book that um, I'll still pick up in trades. Like I don't think that'll stop anytime soon, right? Fables, no. I kind of wish it did. <laughs> so you wouldn't have to buy it anymore? No. Uh, in the Not as good as it used the, to be? Yeah, in the Twin Peaks office faulty tower scenario of quality over quantity... I think Fable should have ended when the war ended. Like I just, yeah, I thought it. I thought it would. Yeah, it didn't. Like, yeah, I know. Spoiler alert! Like Geppetto's like living with them now. Like it's just really weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, what else you been doing, man? So that's the fucking, that's the situation on comics. Uh, you don't really have a choice in the matter, so you're kind of joining me solidarity-wise, right? Yes, for the time being. You've never, you never thought of, and like, obviously we're not advocating this, but you never went to the online route when you couldn't afford? Because you know every single comic book every single week is put out online, right? I've never done it because I, I can't read comics online. It's weird. Yeah, I, I mean, I still can't watch movies online. Like, I read the Preacher trait. Oh, I read all of Preacher online, and it was so fucking time-consuming and, and difficult. Like, I, I wish I yeah. just got the books, you know what I mean? To have to click this page and scroll up and down and blah, 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 you know? And all that fun shit. Jesse, so that's comics. Did you watch the uh, the Golden Globes last night? I did. What did you think? I it, it wasn't as entertaining as past Globes. I like watching the Globes because it's entertaining. Dude, I don't think, they let I, I don't drink think award shit. shows are ever entertaining. The Globes kind of kind of are. They they usually are a little more fun, but I I don't know. This year just I don't know. I Maybe like it's my Ricky Gervais was fucking amazing. Yeah, that Mel Gibson shit. That Mel Gibson joke might be the best yeah. joke of all time, yeah. Because <laughs> it was even better, because then Mel sounded drunk when he started talking. Like, he thought he was... I in- think he was joking. He thought he was introducing Glorious Ingl- Inglorious Bastards. No, he said, I'm here to introduce Inglorious Bastards, or as actors call them, directors. He was doing the Best Director Award. Oh, really? I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, here's some other development from the Golden Globes. George Lucas, I, I no longer, um, George Lucas is now harmless. Uh, apparently not. You put him in the front row, his fucking head blocks nah, the I've damn got, stage. I've got, I've got a new enemy. A new enemy? Yeah, fucking Betsy Ross. I didn't know Lucas was your enemy, Betsy Ross. Cameron. Dude, come on, the haircut. James he, Cameron? James Cameron, with that haircut and no beard, he looked like a woman from the 1800s. Like I, I thought he should be in like the Continental Congress or some shit making flat. But why is he your enemy? Because of how he looks? Cause he, no, he's just the most pretentious fucking hacky. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my God. I he, wouldn't say hacky. He spoke in Avatar language. And then that final speech, he was like, come on, yay for us. We rock. Fuck oh. you, normal people. We are the dream makers. He's an asshole. He's, he's an, an asshole. asshole. You can't say he's a hack, but he is an asshole. At least Lucas is an asshole, but he doesn't talk that much. Whenever they get Lucas <laughs> on a stage, he's always kind of subdued. Someone, Cameron was just like, well, it's my time to fucking shine. Navi language or whatever. Dude, I wanted to fucking... I must threw something at my TV screen. Yeah, don't do that. That's what I was telling Sherry. He was like, he was like I just want to say to Zoe, and everyone's like, oh, wow, awesome. Dude, he's going to have the two highest grossing movies of all time. But I will give you this. If if Arnold Schwarzenegger sat next to me in the theater and just kept saying Avadar every five seconds, I'd, I'd go see it today. <laughs> Avadar. <laughs> um, I was got and, and uh, yeah, man, no, Cameron, like, just so, here's the thing. And you're not going to, you're not going to uh, agree with me on this, but. I was upset by The Hangover winning, even though I like that movie, and it's, out of those movies, it's my favorite comedy, but I was upset by that winning, and I was upset by Avatar winning, and I was upset by Sandra Bullock winning, for a reason I think I just realized. Award shows were traditionally the time when films that weren't financially successful, or huge blockbusters, or films that everyone knew about, that's when they got their time to shine. Typically, 
you know, at an Oscars or a Golden Globes, they were, they were, they were really the films that, that had the most artistic integrity, that it wasn't always about box office receipts and universal acclaim. It used to be the films that no one had seen. Like, I remember when the Oscars and Golden Globes, I wouldn't know any of the nominations. Now, I mean, come on, dude. Like, it, it used to be about celebrating, about, about celebrating art, and now it's about celebrating commerce. Well, dude, film festivals have been doing that for the last few years. I the whole that, fucking I, thing I, is I turning into I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> well, I, 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 like, look, I haven't seen nine. I haven't seen nine, but I can tell you right don't. now. But I can tell you right now, it's a fuckload more ambitious than The Hangover. <laughs> it's not better. Really? No, no, no. I haven't seen Julie and Julia. Uh, I I thought I liked Five Hundred Days of Summer, but it's a bit overrated. Uh, what was the other thing that was nominated? Uh, it's, it's complicated, complicated, which I haven't seen. So, I mean, what's going to win? Like, there were actual, but, like, what happened to, like, why isn't Up in the Air considered a comedy? It's a, I, I guess it's a drama. Why, you know, it, it is more um, of a drama. Uh, it is. You know, I'm, I'm the only person in the world that likes Observant Report, so obviously it was not going to get nominated. But, like, to me, in a world where Observant Report exists, and even if you don't like it, you've got to admit that Observant Report is trying to be something other than a conventional comedy. Hangover. But trying and accomplishing is two different things. But but Hangover to me was just funny dick and fart jokes. Like I just didn't think that would ever win a Golden Globe. It kind of it's kind of well, a, it, well, it takes it, the integrity I mean, of to me when any year when Sandra Bullock and, and Todd Phillips win Golden Globes, like I, it just makes me think like oh the Golden Globes are bullshit. It's like People Magazine. Like well I, I've been saying the same thing about Sandra Bullock, but it I. I I mean, maybe she did a better job than I saw. I I don't know. I saw some of the movie. Uh, and dude, here, here's what boggles me, and I didn't see the movie, and I never <laughs> will. And this might be this might be fucked up of me to say, you know, and it might be narrow minded, but like I've seen Sandra Bullock movies. I think I know the caliber of actor she is. I don't think she is capable of anything that's going to fucking impress me or blow me away. I wouldn't say that. Did Did Adam Sandler not surprise you in Punch Drunk Love? He surprised me, but not. I mean, I, I, I'm not clamoring for another Sandler drama. Like, I'm, you know? Well, I, well, that's not what I'm saying. But that's but, the thing. I okay, mean, but here's the thing, though. <laughs> Sandler did comedy, 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 comedy. Yeah, of course the drama's going to surprise me. Sandra Bullock's been doing this since she started. What, dramas? She mostly does this romantic comedy. She's like, this, this, this is, like is. It's very much a drama. Washed down dramedy, though. This to no, me, this to me is is the equivalent of a ro- this is the romantic comedy equivalent of a drama. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> extreme measures, like those sappy fucking like. Yeah, I mean it's it's a TV like ham handed like thing. make me feel like tell me yes please tell me what emotion to feel like make it obvious for me yes. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not saying the movie. I'm not even, saying Sandra Bullock. I even, I, and I haven't seen Precious, but I catch that vibe off of Precious. Dude, Precious, you you'd hate it. You hate every second of it. And like, yo, everyone's saying Monique gave like the most gracious acceptance speech and all that, but like, I thought she was talking like fake. You thought she seemed fake? Yeah, she was like, I just wanna say, I thank ya. <laughs> like, it was all like, she wasn't losing her shit, it was all like timber and fucking, she was talking, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. Couple she more questions. Seen. Who is this German guy that everyone was freaking out about? Who's Henneke? Hekene? Hennick? What? Whoever Who? won for best foreign film, people love that dude. Like apparently, like the he's white like, ribbon. 
Apparently, he's been around for a minute, though. He's like a beloved filmmaker. I, I don't know. I never heard of him. Um, so who was this guy they, uh, they gave the Cecil B. DeMille Award to? Who was that? <laughs> who, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. <laughs> and then there was some old guy between them. I'm telling you, dude, I, I'm, look, fucker. look, no offense, but like, if you're going to show, if it's going to be a Scorsese retrospective, show some Scorsese roles. All I saw in there was like Leo and, and De Niro and other actors. I hardly saw any Martin in that reel. That's not ha, funny. Ha, ha, ha. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I thought no. it was kind of funny. If you had turned the channel, you would think they were doing a De Niro or Leonardo DiCaprio thing, though. Well, they were presenting. Who better to present? Maybe yeah, every, Thelma Ninety percent of the clips from his movies have those two fucking actors in them. Well, yeah. And then they got into like a thirty-second Kundun thing, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna just put Kundun stuff on, and then never talk about it again." Because everything else was interspersed. Well, they didn't talk about Mean Streets again, or the Last Walk. What didn't get? Did any of his films not even get uh, presence whatsoever on that real thing? Um, I saw King of Comedy. Yeah. After Hours? I mean, box, Boxcar Bertha. No, they did After Hours. They did the taxi ride thing. What is Boxcar Bertha? It's a movie he made with David Carradine. Roger Corman produced it. Did they do um the musical one? New York, New York? I, th- mm, I don't I think, think so. I saw one shot. Wasn't there a fireworks shot? I don't know what the fuck his movie New York, New York. I don't know what. Which of his movies is from what, dude? Uh, I thought it was funny that Jodie Foster came up immediately after them. After, after, after Trusquezzi got his award, the next thing up was Jodie Foster presenting another award. But I just thought that was funny. Oh, uh, I didn't even because Jodie Foster, that. he didn't he give her a start really? Yeah. Oh no, she was a child actor. And Alice doesn't live here anymore. And Taxi Driver. Oh, was that the one before Taxi Driver? I thought she was on yeah. like a TV show. I think in a Helen Hunt. She was on. Oh, she made. Wasn't Helen Hunt on like Little House on the Prairie? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, what happened to Helen Hunt? I don't know that either. I thought about that the other day. She was fucking huge. Huge? Where'd you see? I haven't seen her. That's no. That I thought about it the other day. Helen Hunt at one point was one of our. Oh, biggest, you mean her career was was even, one of our biggest actresses by yeah. far. Like she, you know what I mean. And then I guess she just stopped. I was thinking, what happened to Joe Paleontonio? Joe Paleontonio does like fucking direct to DVD shit. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For, cause, you I know, know he was on the Sopranos for well, a while. He was the Sopranos. Because here's the thing, we were all. Uh, Cause like we know it, there was Matrix and there was Memento and Daredevil and like, he had that minute run there, yeah. And then uh, now he's on like like Joey Pants is not is like a D lister now. Like he took himself down like three lists yeah. in the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Um, what else happened? I think the Dexter guy has cancer. He does. He does. You don't right? have to think. Yeah. I didn't know I that. Mean, he's recovering. I saw yeah. the hat though. Yeah, he's doing chemo. I'll tell you what though, and like I don't, I don't know. This, I, this is just whatever. I'll lay it out there. This is a thought that came to me last night. As a bald ding or fuck bald gentleman, it's kind of insulting that he'd wear a hat. Like fucking just rock a bald head, man. Like, <laughs> like it's the worst thing in the world. Like, yes, we know you have cancer. You can you can be bald. Like, he's like, I'd rather. Maybe he doesn't like the way he looks bald. Oh, fucking Harrist is what he is. He's a Harrist. Maybe he's not all the way bald. Maybe his hair is just falling out. Maybe is he just... gonna be okay? Uh, they say he is. 
I mean, I didn't know myself until yesterday. I saw, yeah, on the award show, I saw the hat, and I was like, huh? oh, that that ain't a fashion statement. That He's not huh? like the Edge from U2, <laughs> who doesn't have cancer, I don't think, right? Or T-Bone Burnett, who wears sunglasses inside I like at night. Dude, T-Bone, James Cameron looked like an older T-Bone Burnett last night. Yes. <laughs> like, a lot. I also like... Yeah, Mer- they look like brothers. Does Meryl Streep seem like she's high on drugs all the time? Dude, Meryl Streep can be high on whatever. She's an incredible she, actress, but whenever she speaks, she always seems so like fucking like shot out of a cannon. Like, it's 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 it's, a, it's a amazing to me how she's still overwhelmed every time she gets up to make a. Well, she's so she seems so grounded and shit. Like I mean, last night she, it really did hit me when she said that thing about confusing amazing women for me. Yeah. In the scheme of things, actors aren't that impressive, but like Meryl Streep, we've we've elevated because she really is one of the best actors in the world. Yeah. Like. 100%. Like, she's incredible. Meryl Streep equals Oscars. Like, dude, how many, yes. how many is this now? If she's nominated this year, I think it will be her 16th nomination. That's crazy. Yes, it is. Um, okay. Favorite part of the Golden Globes, Jesse? Do you got the same thing I do? Uh, it's either, it's either the male, I mean, okay, other than Scorsese, but that's for personal We already reasons. mentioned either, Nah, come on. The other probably one. Robert Downey Jr.'s acceptance speech. Really? Yeah. I go with another one. Okay, go with it. <laughs> I go with the man who had to have been smoking a joint 30 seconds before they announced that he won the award. Jeff fucking Bridges, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest acceptance speech in the history of the world. He said man 30 times. Yeah, it was, I mean, if he went, uh, he should win the Oscar. And then check this, dude. I was bored last night, so I put on like E. They were doing the after show shit at like the parties. And you see Mariah Carey? Wait, it gets better. I wish I could find this on YouTube. They interviewed fucking Jeff Bridges, right? And first off, the way he has it is that they have a bar set up. The guy's making cocktails. So a lot of the actors are taking a sip of the cocktail. Jeff walks over and he's like, hey, man, is this for me? And he grabs a fucking drink <laughs> and he starts pounding it, right? And And then the girl starts to interview him and she's like, "What? you know, this was your first time winning an award. What was it like? being up there what was it like walking to the stage he's like oh man it's just he's like it's so hard to describe it's it's like a vibe or a or a, a pleasant feeling maybe like just, <laughs> maybe like i just love that he said it's like a vibe and then at the end she was like what do you well what's a busy man like you got going on he's like i i'm i'm not even really sure he's like <laughs> i have no idea well she's like thank you very much jeff and then, dude, I like watch my face because I can do the exact impression. I'll find this clip for people, for the listeners, look for this. As Jeff Bridges is walking away, he has the drink still in his hand, right? And the girl from E, Juliana, goes, "Okay, Jeff." She goes, "Jeff, we could take that, or you could take it with you." And he goes, "I'll take it with me." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking smiles, gives like an evil little smile, and walks and just wanders off. And you see him waving at someone like, hey, As, like, the second he like, dude, I, I love Jeff Bridges. Like, I'm so fucking happy he won that award, dude, for real. He's going to win the Oscar. That's it. I mean, he's winning every other acting. Like award. I said last night, the stoners of the world won one last night. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really, speaking of maybe that's why he was so good as Lebowski playing himself. You don't think he really you don't think he's really a stoner? I, I don't know if he's a stoner. I, I'm I would, sure he smokes a bit. I would Maybe say, a drinker. No, I, I yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think Jeff Bridges is an everythinger. <laughs> I think I think dude likes to party, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um which brings up 
the, the, the most opposite we could go from that. And, and if that was a win, if last night Jeff Bridges winning what was it was a victory for the stoners of the world. Stoners of the world have a great loss coming up, and I'm almost tearing up talking about it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Coming up? Yeah, man. Unfortunately. Are they remaking Days and Confused? Hopper. Wait, what? Dennis fucking Hopper. What about him? He's on his deathbed. Really? Did you not know this? No. Oh, yeah. Hopper's got, like, less than a week to live, dude. No shit. Yeah, my here's the thing. My mom called me like I I've ne- I'm almost tearing up right now. I don't want to. My mom called me and she was like, "Oh, did you hear about Dennis Hopper? Like something, 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 something." While he was on his deathbed, something, something, and I was like, "Wait, like stop! Like like I didn't hear Dennis Hopper was dying." And she was like, "Yeah, da 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 da." I'm like, "Stop!" Like, hasn't he been doing the crash? I'm like, "Stop! You don't understand how much this affects me." <laughs> uh, I thought he was fine. Yeah, man. Now he's on his deathbed. What, the, what's wrong? Is it is he just old? Is he what? I think it's pro, it's prostate cancer. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, here's the best part of it. But so, like, obviously, that's fucking awful. Like, I love Dennis Hopper. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though in recent years he hasn't been doing the best stuff yeah. ever, like, I mean, Easy Rider alone puts that man in my top ten list of human beings in the world. You know? Um, here's the best part about it though. On his <laughs> on his deathbed, he just divorced his wife. and he basically said like in an interview like that bitch isn't getting shit like i I love hopper dude like come on like (laughs) that's great isn't it that's fucked up isn't that fucked up dennis hopper's dying man that that whole generation is gonna start going dude it's it's gonna be crazy well i mean i mean they are getting a little older like I, i know can you imagine the day jack nicholson dies no or Christopher Walken, or Harry Dean Stanton. That's what I, I mean, you, that last, if we were doing a pull right yeah. now, fucking Harry Dean. Though, I think he's only like 60, and he's just looked 140 for his entire fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch Big Love? I, no. He's on it, he's, he's Roman, he's yeah. like the main bad guy. He looks so goddamn old now, dude. Um, yeah man, Hopper's, uh, Hopper's fucking going. Uh, he's only, I think he only directed one film his entire life. Oh no, he did. He directed more than that. I am almost positive. Let's look it up right now. Because I know, I know he did Easy Rider. Obviously, let's look. I don't know if he got into directing. Do you know who? Wrote I know he did another after Easy Rider that failed miserably. Maybe oh, he didn't direct. Yeah. It after do, you, do you know who wrote Easy Rider? It wasn't Hopper. It was Hopper and Fonda. Yeah. And like, I think they were buddies with Nicholson. Like that. That you know what I mean? Uh, let's see, Dennis yeah. Hopper. What did he direct? Oh, you know what? Hellride. I just thought, like, man, no one's got... He's only directed a few movies, yeah. Nothing, I mean, nothing big. Nothing. Easy Rider, and there's yeah. something called The Last Movie. He did, like, five movies. Um, I think Easy Rider's an incredible film, though. Yeah. Except for the ending, which is the most depressing ending in movie history. It's up there. You know what else is really depressing? A minute. A minute with Brendo, man. <laughs> Hey, this is Brendan with a really quick Brendo Man Minute. Um, I just wanted to welcome back Jesse from Back to the Fold. I'm glad you're um, back on the show, and I hope things are going well for you in Alabama. And, um, yeah, so welcome back, man. 
And I also just wanted to say I saw Pee Wee Herman this weekend, the Pee Wee Herman show. It was amazing. And that, but I just, it was pretty much the greatest thing ever. Matt told me it was going to be, and he did not lie. It was incredible. I recommend if you get a chance to go see the show if you're in the LA area. And I'm pretty sure, man, probably take it on tour, take it to Broadway, because it's amazing. Um, what else? Oh, I got a new HDTV. It's a, it's also amazing. Um, 42-inch LCD, 1080p, 120Hz, you know, blah, 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 geek speak. Um, so I'm really... I ordered a PS3 today. That's how much I want to... I'm just like, uh, Blu-rays, video games, awesome. Okay. Um, never mind that. That was an alarm. Um, okay, well... Um, send me some questions because I don't have any brendoman at gmail.com or um, hit me up on twitter brendoman alright back to you Matt and Jesse thank you Brendo we were just joshing about the uh, depressing part if anything you are boner inducing and smile you're a smile giver and nice to hear from you again my friend yeah man Jesse hasn't heard from Brendo in a, in a minute Um, yes Jesse I uh, just thought of something, but now I don't know if it's worth bringing up. Bring you teased on Twitter that we were going to announce our top 20, but I don't know if we have time. Let's do it. We have time. Okay. <laughs> I, we, I oh, I'd have, I'd have to find. Hold on. I, I mean, okay. Time. So folks, for those of you who have no clue what we're talking about, uh, actually, Jesse, you know what? You'll post this on the board. People are still clamoring for your top 10 list of 09. Oh, okay. Did you did you mention that the on la- here? I, I might, mean, my la- the I might entire last episode was well, was an hour long produced top 10 list with like music and shit. Okay. <laughs> like I did like my top 10 list. All right. So, you'll find that, but first let's get into the crux of the matter, which was a good really good point Jess. Me and Jesse the other day, Jesse actually did it first. Came up with his top 20 movies of, of the decade from, from in ranking order. He challenged me to do the same, and I did. And, uh, I mean, I don't really think we have enough time to discuss 40 films in depth. No. So let's just go. Let's just well, go. I mean, let's, let's, some of them are not worth discussing. Let's run our respective list down from 20 to 1. You go first, then I go. I'm going 20 to 1. Did How you does go that work? To one? Yeah, folks. And, and let's just say... Well, should you do 20? I do 20. You do okay. 19. I do 19. Well, that's what I meant. You do 20. I do... T- yeah. You start first, though. Oh. What? Okay. My number- what? Hold on. Uh, you're confusing me, motherfucker. Uh, do for- we each go through our list, or do no, we each give we our 20? No, switch off on, the, on each Okay, number, all right. Man. I, I'm would- just clarifying. Um, <laughs> we're not going to take much pause. So, like, again, if you folks haven't seen any of these flicks, check them out. Every single one of them is on DVD. Right? On your list, too? Uh, nope. There's no? one that's not. Okay, every single one of my... Li- um, see, I'm a nice guy, and I actually like movies that people can, can see. Um, <laughs> let's go. Number 20, Jesse, go for it. I'm sure they've seen it. My number 20 is Spielberg's Minority Report. All right. I, I'm a big fan of that film as well. My number 20 is Let the Right One In. I, now, see... I'm a big fan of that, but when I didn't have that in my top twenty, you were okay with it. You were, no, you. Uh, I wanted it in my top twenty, but I couldn't fit it in. But you were upset, but you only have it at number twenty. It's still in my top twenty, motherfucker. <laughs> I fought tooth and nail for that. No, no, let the right one in. I, I love, I love that movie. Like it's not, it's not the most. You can't watch it every day. It's not fun. 
but it's an incredible film. No. All right, 19, yes. go. 19 is Grindhouse. 19 for me, almost famous. Let's talk about our, our each other each other's respective films real quick. We'll do like a cent. That's funny. Okay, so Grindhouse. Um, <laughs> no, that'll that'll be good. Okay. That'll be good. Grindhouse. You just got it excited. I fucking love Grindhouse, but the problem is, I couldn't put Grindhouse on my list because the two movies together are weight. They weigh each other down. As a movie going experience, yes, see it as the double bill. Separate, That's why I did it. Separately, I can't. I can't. I can't in my right mind compare Planet Terror to fucking Death Proof, so that it doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's it's one crappy, kind of fun, silly movie and one amazing film. So I can't Grindhouse doesn't find a balance for me. What do you think about Almost Famous? Um I like it. You wanna stop I, that? I I don't Nobody has this number. So just pick it up and hang it up, dude. We're fucking we're we're podcasting here. Alright, um Thank you. Almost famous. I like it. I think it's Cameron Crowe's best film. So do I. Probably. Um, Kate Hudson's best film. I think it's a tad overrated. Just a tad. But I've I've never seen the uh, unrated. The director's the cut. Unrated, yeah, I've never seen the un- untitled or whatever. That's yep. I, that's the one I prefer. Okay, eighteen. Take our take us 18 away. Is in Bruges. Nice. Eighteen for me is Snatch. Kind of, sort of similar. I love, uh, I love, I love In Bruges. I do like In Bruges a lot. But the problem, I like In Bruges a lot. It's a simple, small little film. Do you agree? Like it's the characters. Are, I, I know it's great. Actually, In Bruges is great. It's great. Yes, it is. But it's not great enough to make my top twenty in my mind. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. It made my honorable list. Like it's definitely one of my mentions for the decade. But like, just yeah, no, it's not. It's not. When I think of my top twenty movies, In Bruges don't make it. But Snatch yeah. does. What do you think about Snatch? That? Made my honorables. Uh, we have no. It's reasons. it's, it's yeah. really the only Guy Ritchie movie that I really like. You don't like Lockstock? I I like it, but not extremely. But I really really like Snatch. Snatch to me might be like one of the best ensemble flicks I could I can think of. And I haven't liked anything he's done since. You don't like rock and roll? I haven't. I haven't seen Sherlock. No, I do not like rock and roll. You fucking asshole. All right, 17. <laughs> 17 is Requiem for a Dream. Nice. It's also on my list at a higher slot, so I will talk. About, we will talk about that to follow up. 17 on my list is a movie that is not on your list. I don't even know if you like it or not. Donnie Darko. I like it. I, 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 it, doesn't, it didn't affect me the way it did you. That's what, but... that's what it really came down to. Even though I like In Bruges a lot. It should. Yes, even though I like yeah. Bruges a lot, I look at these twenty movies, and these are the movies that define me as a fucking human being. It should, yes. Like I, th- I actually thought Donnie Darko would be higher on your list. Uh, years ago, it would have been, but I, yeah, Richard Kelly's revealed himself to not be so much <laughs> a genius, accidental genius sometimes. Fuck yeah, but like on purpose. Like I don't know that I can give him a higher slot, but yeah, yeah, Darko. Uh, that movie changed yep. my life. All right, 16, sir. Yeah, 16 is something that is not on your list. 16 for me is Synecdoche, New York. If I, was making a, <laughs> if, I was making, if I was making a worst of the decade list, literally, that, would be, that would be my number one worst movie of the decade. It affected me. It affected me, too. It made me never want to fucking see Donnie. a fucking Charlie Kaufman movie again. 
<laughs> it's, it's amazing, man. It really is. All right. So 16, I go with another movie that you've never seen. A movie <laughs> you've never seen. But uh, what's funny is, you know, our movies are thematically kind of meeting a little bit. Like 16, you put Synecdoche, which is a really weird art movie that, that, you know, is far from mainstream. Most people have never heard of, let alone never seen. For 16, I put Waking Life by Richard Linkletter. Yeah, never seen it, so I can't comment. But it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's basically, it's a, it's a philosophy film that's animated. It's basically an hour and a half of different people spouting philosophies, rotoscoped. But like that movie came at a point in my life when I was just getting into drugs and like it was that cha- I saw that movie six times in theaters. I went back to Waking Life. <laughs> I became like the dude who like in my high school, like I saw Waking Life by myself because I was the only person who would see those kind of things. The next time I went, I brought two dudes with me. We all got high before. Next time I went, I brought 10 guys. We all took mushrooms. <laughs> by the fourth viewing, I had 16 people from my high school like at the movie theater. We were all fucked up on shrooms. Like It became like you a You ought pink, to think for that entire movie's gross. It became like a Pink Floyd concert, Waking Life. You know what I mean? Like It was just something to do drugs and go see. All right. Uh, number 15, go. Number 15 is Shaun of the Dead. Nice. Incredibly higher on my list. Well, yeah. Not incredible, I figured higher, it but, but it, yeah. So now we're getting into a little bit of, of repeats. Uh, number 15 for me, I don't think you have it on your list, Sin City. I do not, but I it, it was it was close. The, like, possibly the movie I like most quoting out of any movie ever made. You know what I'm talking about? The, like, when a movie the thing that kept it off like my list? Quoting along with it, like, I... I I tried to watch. Well, Sin- I tried to watch Sin City with an X once, and it was bad because I, I didn't realize. I think I know every fucking line in that movie, <laughs> or at least every. The thing that kept it off my list was the middle story. Is what the heart? The middle story. Is that Dwight? Yeah. I like Dwight's story. I like it. I Come just on. it was. That's my favorite Clive Owen performance by far. Oh, I love Rosario Dawson and ah. Benicio. Hi, I'm Shelly's boyfriend, and I'm completely out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, Dad, Brittany Murphy died. I know, dude. You know how often? Yeah. Uh, you know how often? Um, I seriously, if anything from Sin City, there's one thing that's worked its way into my everyday life, and it's it's what Benicio del Toro says to um fucking Quentin, and I say it to myself like at least three times a day. Whenever I get like, if I'm nervous or like I ran, I'm chain smoking. I go, it's got you smoking, bud. (laughs) 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 All right, number 15, Sin City. Go, number 14. No Country for Old Men. (laughs) I'm a fan of the film. It is not even on my top half of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. So, like, it wouldn't wouldn't even be anywhere. It's not even mentioned. Like, it's a good movie, but it's... Brolin is great. Brolin is great in it, and, and, uh... Uh, sh- Shugush or whatever, yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's 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 fun. It's it's not fun. It's um reminds me too much of Blood Simple. It's that Coen Brothers either do really elaborate, I love Blood Simple. they either do really elaborate imaginative comedies or like the simplest <laughs> crime stories ever. And just the simple crime stories don't do it for me, I guess. Number fourteen on mine, I know you have on yours, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I do, and yes, I will talk about that later. Very nice. Number thirteen, sir. Number 13 is City of God. Higher on my list. Number 13 for me is Old Boy, which is higher on your list. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we do see, have a few. Now, reasons. see, this, it's good. there is a reason we have a podcast together, homie. <laughs> we should like certain movies. Uh, number 12, go for it. Number 12 you can't comment on is Avatar. I can't comment on it. Number 12 yeah. you can comment on, 
Um, it's not my favorite Jeannot flick because if we would be rocking the nineties, but a film called Amelie, or if you're fancy, La Fabulous Destinée de Amelie Poulion. Is that the actual title? Yeah, the fabulous. I didn't know that. The fabulous. Destiny. I actually hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it before film school, but I love it. It's a great movie, right? Yes, it is. I love Jeannot, dude. That that dude to me is the most whimsical, like magical filmmaker in the world. Like this. Every single shot of every one of his movies is just pure. Like, I can't. Yeah. Mick Max is my most anticipated movie of 2010. Flat out, dude. Um, all right. Number 11. The Departed. <sighs> Look, like, and here's the thing. I don't hate Scorsese at all. Like, I understand, <laughs> his, I understand that Scorsese's a great filmmaker. I really do. It's just the movies I like of his seem to be the ones that, that, that people, like, I don't like his crime fucking... I don't like crime movies, dude. That's what it comes down to, flat out. I don't well, that, like... That's why you're not that big of a I think that's what it is. Fan. I don't like Heat. I don't... Wait, wait, wait. You don't like crime movies, but... I like British... I like Tarantino I like fan. Different. Totally different. And I like Guy Ritchie, which are totally different. <laughs> I don't like... And this is going to sound... This Realistic? No, this is... I don't think this is a racist statement at all, but, like, I don't like Italian crime movies, which is yeah, what Scorsese yeah, does. That's that. It's yeah. all too well, mafia. Italian. It's mafia to me. <laughs> like, I almost made a Twitter last night during the retrospective, but everyone was loving it too much that I would I, I let it pass. I was going to be like, Martin Scorsese, perpetuating, Ita- perpetuating bad Italian stereotypes for 30 years. Like, that's his accomplishment. <laughs> like, making me think that Italians are thugs. <laughs> fucked up. It's fucked what's, up, but, like... It? People are all over the Jersey Shore. How come they're not all over Goodfellas, like, or Casino, or Mean Streets, or, or you know what I mean? How are those any more positive stereotypes about Ita- Italian Americans than Jersey Shore Sopranos is? People flipped out about the Sopranos. Scorsese has been doing it for fucking twenty years. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. All right, let's leave it at that then. Uh, my number eleven, City of God. Okay. Uh, great film. Incredible fucking film, I think. He never followed that up, man. <laughs> no, didn't he do... Uh, it was called City of Men? No, was it? it was a TV show. Morellas didn't do it. Oh. It was a TV show. It was a prequel about Little Benny and Little Dice. Um, No, Morellas did a follow-up. It was fucking Blindness or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. his second movie. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's not very good. No, not at all. Um, there was that group, there was that group of four filmmakers, you, uh, Morales, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Caron and, Caron and, and, and no, I don't, no, Almodovar's from Spain. Oh. Inarito. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the Mexican, the four Mexican yep. filmmakers, and out <laughs> of those dudes, Morales, I mean, Morales isn't even Mexican, he's Brazilian, so that's completely off. But Latin American filmmakers who popped around 2004-ish, it seems, mm-hmm. they all showed a lot of promise, like an incredible amount of promise. But the only one to seem to, to, to fully translate tr- transition into like a big-time American filmmaker is Guillermo. Well, that's only because of Hellboy. And Pans was fucking humongous, dude. You forget. But it wasn't an American film. But it was crossover. It crossed over more than any... Dude, Quaron. It crossed over Corrupted more than a Morris. Harry Potter. Yes, but I'm saying Pans crossed over more than a Morris Peros and more than um, uh, City of God and more than uh, Itumama. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Um, out of all those dudes, fucking Inaritos, like, I love Amores Peros, but Babel and 21 Grams are not good. I love 21 Grams. Do you? Yeah. I don't. But I mean, it's the same the time fucking Babel, movie with Amores Peros shit, yeah. with different actors. I was like, yo, I don't. I don't need Naomi Watts. I was fine with whatever chick's name was, you know? Well, I, I am a big Benicio fan. As am I, as am I, but I don't care about Wolfman at all. All right, let's keep going. Number 10. Number 10. I don't know. Have you seen this? The Assassination of Jesse James no, by the Cowboy Robert I Schreiber. haven't. Is it good? It, it, man, it's, it's, just look at it. Watch it with the sound off. I heard off. it's like three hours. All right, my number 10 <laughs> is a movie that completely changed my life. To a point where I had to stop watching it, and I haven't seen it in like probably. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie in like six years or so because it affects me too much, and that is Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it, absolutely. It may be the most depressing movie ever made. The hardest movie to watch. That's good. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know if I would. I don't know which is worse, that or Old Boy. I, I would say Requiem. Old boy is old worse. Boy, old boy, boy is, is worse. Got some funny old boy shit is in worse. It. Would you agree that old boy is worse the second viewing? I mean, it's tougher to watch because yes. you know what's yes. happening. Yes. Yep. And you just yep. you get that nod. Do you remember, how, dude? I just I'll never forget how nauseous I felt when he opened that box the first time I saw yeah. the movie. <laughs> no one had spoiled it for me. You know what I mean? I, that was that was a really cool movie going experience. Was was that was the end of old boy? Um, yeah. Number nine. We're getting into the crux now. My number nine is Quaron, Children of Men. I really, 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 really like the concept. I really like Clive Owen. I really like the beginning. I really like the cinematography. Third act so what kills you really it. Like? Third act kills it when it turns into an action flick. Whenever when they're on the bus going into the territories and yep. the fact that kills it to me. It kills it. See, I, I love all of that. And Michael Caine's death is silly. Yeah, yeah, it is extremely silly. Like, yeah. I, but but that opening shot, that that opening fucking tracking shot, is one of my favorite shots in film history. Mm. It's amazing. All right, number eight. Did you say you're number nine? Oh, I'm sorry, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Shaun I'm sure Dead. everybody that listens to this has seen Shaun of the Dead, and I'm sure they all have it on their top twenties or top tens <laughs> for that matter. Um, this is where it's gonna get interesting though, dude, because I'm sure. Those top, then that middle section, we had a lot of the same, but these top ten are going to get really personal. And let's go, let's go a few minutes over this episode because, okay. funnily enough, on the last episode, one of the comments was longer episodes, please. It was an, hour, <laughs> but it was like an hour and ten minutes. So I was like, I don't know what this dude wants, man. <laughs> um, number eight, go for it. Number eight is old boy. I I I, uh, I had old boy higher. I love old boy. Number eight for me is where I cop out and put a tie. Yeah, that's bullshit. It doesn't matter, man. I could Bullshit. Both of these movies had to be higher, <laughs> and both of these movies had to be at least this high, and, and I couldn't... It, it just became a matter of... Like, yes, these are these movies are bookends to me. That's what it came down to. The reason I felt okay tying them is because now they're the same movie in my mind. They're two legs They're two legs of the same beast, if you will. They They, they achieve exactly the same thing in me, and those movies are Pan's Labyrinth, and where the wild things are, which are both great films. Two movies, and I think if I had more time to reflect on this year, Wild Things and Black Dynamite might be in my shit. Those are just two movies that instantly reduce me to a child. Inst- yep. inst- instantly, like the second Pan starts, every care or concern I have in the adult world goes out the window, and same thing with Where the Wild Things Are. I'm a five year old kid staring at a screen again. You know what I mean? 
and I think the reason I enjoy paying so much is because when I went to see it, it surprised me that I didn't know it was that much about the the war. I thought it was all about the girl. That's the that's the fucking switch and bait on pans, man. You only yeah. get fifteen minutes of fucking fantasy time or something, maybe twenty. It shocks me, but in yeah. a good way. Yeah, yeah. All right, number seven. Number seven is Memento. I really like Memento, and if I had made this list in 2002, it probably would have been in my top five of, like, movies ever made. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's the thing. You know you know me, and it, and that's a, the other thing is writing this list. Did you feel cheesy at all or, like, hacky? No, and I, I'm not going to spoil anything because when I was doing my 90s, Pulp Fiction is high. Well, that's, but I think it's I think it's because... You have to put yourself in the time the movie came out. See, my whole It's pro- been copied so much. My problem is my entire life I've been, yeah, Fear and Loathing, Requiem, fucking Darko, Brazil, like the same group of fucking movies, and it's yeah. still it still is that though. <laughs> I thought maybe my taste would mature a little bit, but no, like my movie, it's the same movies I liked when I was 14, 15 years old, you know what I mean? Well, you kind of still act like you're 14, 15 years Thank old. Thank you, Jesse. My no- <laughs> my number 7 is a film that I saw about two years ago, randomly rented it when I was working at Tower Video. Maybe it was three years ago. Watched it like six times in two days and then spent the next month staring at any Asian kid under the age of 17. Battle Royale. Yes. Yeah. I you, really wanted that in my top 20. Dude, I was, living in lower, I was living in lower Manhattan too, so it was a big Asian community. I shit you not, I'd walk out the house and be like, those motherfuckers would fight to the death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Royale. that. By Kinji Fukusaku. If I saw it again, it, it'd probably be in my top 20. How many times have you seen it? Just once, the time you let me borrow it. You've only seen Battle Royale once? Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit, dude. Battle Royale is, yeah, Battle Royale is... Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. The sequel, not so good at all. You yeah, you told me that. It's it's not great, but but yeah, Battle Royale standalone is fucking incredible. All right, number six. Number six is Zodiac. All right. I like Zodiac. Um, I'm surprised you got through it. Too procedural for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I like Here's it. why I got through Zodiac, because I'm a big JFK fan. So I do enjoy a procedural every okay. now and again. I just have to be interested in the subject matter. Yeah. Problem with Zodiac was I'd ar- I already kind of know a lot about, you know what I mean? Serial killers yeah. and stuff. So I didn't really learn anything from Zodiac. Mm-hmm. The performances were good. Gyllenhaal doesn't, I don't like Gyllenhaal. It's part character. I think he played it well. It was just too. You needed someone older, maybe. I don't know. It just. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy that. Well, like this eighteen-year-old kid was so fucking obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Because you're still looking at him as Donnie Darko. Exactly. Yeah. Uh number six, sir. Oh, you just said you're number six. Yes. What's yours? <laughs> Mine is one that I think I think will surprise you and a lot of folks, especially when looking at the next five movies to come up. Like I don't think this movie would be mentioned in very many top twenty of the decades. But I don't give a fuck. American Psycho. Surprised me a bit. My number six movie of the decade. Yeah, man. American fucking Psycho. What do you think about that? I, li- I like it. Great movie. Well, I don't know if I would call it a great movie. Why not? Really, 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 really good movie. I, I The pacing is a little off, Incredible I think. Incredible film. In my mind, like, uh, uh, dude, every the incredible en- performance, the ending, like everything about that, f- every single aspect of that fucking film, like the fact that a woman directed it, blows me away even more. Um, that was the first time I'd seen Bale. To mm. me, that's by far still to this day, he'll never top that performance. It's impossible in my mind. 
Flat out impossible. was pretty fucking good. Flat out impossible that he'll ever top fucking Bateman. Like it's just an on top to me. Bateman, ex- Bateman is on a short list with Alex, and now Bronson, and of those standout singular fucking performances. Like I've, I love American Psycho, dude. And I know, I know I'm gonna get some flack for this, but I also think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's also influenced a lot of my comedy tastes and a lot like out of out of all these movies it's not I've, a comedy what fuck, yes but what's fucked up and you'll agree to this because you said this the other night out of all these movies on my list so far the movie that most influenced my writing probably is American Psycho yeah that's fucked up it's kind of fucked up I just I think that's one of the, I've, I spoke about it before but I think that's one of those films that does a brilliant job we talked about it during Watchmen of using violence as as a paintbrush Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 violent for the sake of violence, and that's why it's beautiful because it's so it's so extreme and outrageous that it that it becomes purely exploitative in art. You know what I mean? I just I just love American Psycho, man. Um, and now we get to the biggies, Jess. Number number five, five. which may surprise some people that it's so high. Hustle and flow surprises me that it's so high. It, 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 it's it's the way it affected me again. Because because you were into music, okay. That yeah. was a person. See, that's funny. I would never in a million years can think of Hustle Flow being a personal film for anybody. Oh, very much so. I saw it like four times. In that, but that's what I love about movies, man. Every movie could be a, like the fact that Donnie Darko was a personal film for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you really connected to Hustle and Flow, right? Yes, very much. Well, let's let's, let's fill people in. You used to be a uh, I'm a pimp, and you had a white. <laughs> you had, yeah. a, you had a, a what is it? A black chick and a white, when a white bird too, you do them both right and the both do you. <laughs> it's hard out there for a pimp when you're trying to make the money for the rent. Uh, but no, I, I, yeah, I used to do music. I'm sure everybody listens knows that I used to do music. And, and that's, uh, fuck all those biopics and shit of Ray and Johnny Cash and shit. That, I mean, hustling and flow kind of gets into what it's like to really attempted see what's funny to me is like never in a million years would that even be considered for a uh, 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 um a um what do you call it a uh noticeable almost you know as won an oscar okay but yeah three six miles yeah. <laughs> <coughs> but here's what's funny i like craig brewer i like black snake moan about 80 times more than i like hustle and flow see i like, love black, black snake, snake moan is actually on my list of, of also named you know what i mean like What's an actual song name? No, <coughs> I mean of um of runner ups of also of also oh, should, yeah. should be you know what I mean? Like I love Black Snake Moan, dude. I think that's an incredible film. I think Hustle I and Flow when when compared to Hustle and Flow, Hustle and Flow, like it is an MTV film. Yes, it seems a mm. lot more like it when once compared to to Black Snake Moan. It just seems very. DJ Qualls makes me just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Even though he was decent in it, though. I shit you not. DJ Qualls is decent in it. All right. My number five. A little film starring Ulysses Everett McGill. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, it came close. Cohen's, man. Cohen's the fucking masters. That was my thing. I had to get a Cohen movie on the list, and that's my favorite Cohen movie's brother by far. Cohen movies, brother. Yeah, man. Out of all my favorite Cohen movies, that's my favorite brother. Oh, brother, where art thou, Cohen? He's the the younger brother. They don't talk about it that much. Um, that don't make no sense. <laughs> I've been washed clean. 
My sins have been washed away. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I saw that movie so many, I think I saw it three times. I used to see movies a lot of times in theaters if I liked them. Like, I think I saw Magnolia six times in theaters or some shit. Uh, how could but you? But Oh Brother Where Art Thou, there's another reason I love Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and it's this. My dad, a lot, a big part of my relationship with my dad growing up was that we used to go to the movies like every fucking day. But the thing mm. was, my dad likes movies, but only in the sense that like he likes killing time, I think, and getting stoned and watching movies. No movies ever really affected him. My dad is such a fucking fan of Oh <laughs> To this day, my dad's a fan of Oh Brother Where Art Thou. And that's so not a my dad kind of movie. <laughs> That, that it made me like it even more, you know what I mean? That's cool though, man. Now dude, Clooney is, Clooney is the closest thing we have to fucking Bogart or, or fucking Cary Grant. Clark Cable or Cary Grant. It's okay. Cary Grant I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. Not Bogart. Bogart's Casablanca. I know, but people don't consider Bogart like a, like a... He wasn't a, a so-called lead. handsome man. Yeah, he wasn't. He was more of a tough guy, I guess. Yeah. Like a Russell Crowe or mm-hmm. something. Alright, so old brother art there. Number four, Jesse. Number four is the second Christopher Nolan film in my top ten. Can you name it? Ugh. The uh, Dark Knight. I can name it. I'm not going to say I agree. <laughs> I agree with it. I think Batman Begins. I still think Batman Begins is a better fucking movie, man. Not a better movie. Not a better movie. Excuse me. That's re- retarded to say. Retarded. Dark Knight's a phenomenal film. Batman just Begins, Begins is a better, better Batman movie. Like I've been saying, eh, I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I don't want bat heat. Does that make sense? <laughs> bat heat. That's what Dark Knight is. It's a mixture of like Batman and heat. Oh, I I liked it. Batman should be a crime movie. No, he should be fighting someone named Crazy Quilt. <laughs> no, or like Mothman. Um, number four for me is a film that. Like, if you'd asked me to do this 20 list, I, I wouldn't think this would beat the 16 films above it. But once I thought about it, like, fuck, this movie, I, I could watch this movie every day for the rest of my life and never not think it's perfect. Possibly the second most perfect movie ever made. Not saying it's my second favorite film ever made, but I, if I think the most perfect movie ever made is Days and Confused, the second most perfect film ever made is The Royal Tenenbaums by Wes Yeah, that's, that shocked me. My number four film of the decade. I like it. I'm not much of a Wes Anderson fan, but every single shot in that dude, it's it, it's hard to describe. It's like a play. Does that make any sense? It's mm-hmm. but it, huh? but it, but it's masterful, dude. Every every fucking detail in that film is thought out, and it and it goes into everything else. And it's just the production, the production design, and the aesthetic, and the cinematography, and the color palette, like every. It's just the warmest. It's the warmest fucking movie ever, and it's so. I don't know, dude. I, I love Royal Tenenbaums. I might watch it again fucking today, dude. I haven't, seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a minute. It just really is a perfect... All those characters, every single character is amazing in that movie. Every single character I love. And that's rare. Every single character in that goddamn movie, and there's like 12 characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm... Another dent there, another dent there. <laughs> another dent there. Uh, yeah, man, Tenenbaums. All right. Number three, sir. Number three, Mulholland Drive. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love that movie. But I love that movie in a way that I can't love other movies because it's an art film. And That's I, why it's so high on my flick. And I because yeah, it's not like a the movie. opposite. Type. Once you see my top three, we'll, we'll pretty much define ourselves as film fans. It's an art film, and though I love I love movies where it makes me think, and it 
I can't watch it every day. And that's what that's what a movie See, I could I could watch that every day. I think the thing I really the movies I really love the most are movies I could watch every day for the rest of my life and they, they could never get old. Mm-hmm. And there's very few films that are like that. I agree. My number 3 is like that. And <laughs> it ain't even in English. How do you think of that, Jesse? Okay. The number 3 film of the decade is Kung Fu Hustle by Stephen Chow. I agree. It, it was close to getting on my. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I, I like. It'd have been in my top thirty. Another case of like, I was. Uh, my mom was in Florida with her. With her, my grandmother was in Florida. My grandpa passed away, so my parents were visiting her. And my mom and my grandma went to go see Kung Fu Hustle. They loved it so much they saw it twice in theaters. Yeah. And this is a seventy-year-old like <laughs> in a Japanese movie. Like my parents don't see foreign films. Kung Fu Hustle is. Like I, I think Stephen Chow's a fucking genius. Um, it's hard to compare that to other movies on my list because of tone. But like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fucking kid. I like cartoons. I like kid movies. I like anime. That's the closest thing we're gonna get to a live action fucking Bugs Bunny cartoon ever. Yeah. Like it's 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 ridiculous. And Stephen Chow might be the most charismatic fucking leading man in Hollywood. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? For a dude who doesn't Too speak, bad for Green Hornet, man. For a dude who doesn't speak... Hey, CJ7 is coming out, though. Really? Yeah. I just watched CJ7 the other day. You liked it? Yeah, yeah a lot. Right? I'm okay with CJ7, too. Like, I, I like Stephen Chow, man. So, yeah, number three, Kung Fu Hustle. Number two, Jesse. Number two is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I put it and that's another personal affecting. No, totally. Movie. If I if I was in a relationship, if if I um had maintained a relationship since I saw that, if I was like it, <laughs> like you, if I was in love with someone, it would be a different case. That movie, that yeah. movie, that movie jumps up on my list at certain points in my life. Do you know what I mean? Eternal Sunshine is number fourteen now, but it gets as high as like number four depending on where I am mentally. <laughs> that's what that's what that movie is for me. Like I. Um, in making this list, I went on YouTube and watched the trailer for every one of my 20 movies that I picked. Okay. And, uh, dude, I can just start fucking tearing and smiling and turn the second Eternal Sunshine starts. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I still, to that I day. Love it, man. Clementine, I could watch that every day. Clementine is my favorite female in movie history. Still, if, if there's any, if any, oh, really? if any character I could make into a real woman and then marry her, it would be Clementine. Yeah, that's my dream girl. Fuck yeah, dude. I love oh. that movie. All right. My number two. It's not even in your top 20. Holy shit, I just realized that. It is your number one. Kill Bill, volume one. It was close. Volume one, I say, too. I separate them. Um, Kill Bill would probably be in my top 22. You're a fan? Oh, yeah, very much so. You realize, I, 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 w- I wish someone taped, I wish someone had a video camera on me while I was watching that movie for the first time. In <laughs> Seriously, because my, I can't, I can't, I wish I can like somehow sum up how I felt watching that movie. Here's the thing with Quentin, dude, or with that movie in particular. Quentin took basically everything I like and and melded it together in a way that I didn't even know. Okay, it's like I didn't even know I liked half of the shit <laughs> I liked before Kill Bill came out. It was like Kill Bill. My number one movie is is. We're, it's something entirely different. It's a departure, and it's going to see. So let's consider Kill Bill the number one for the moment, and you'll see in a second why. As far as um, a live action movie goes, if you will, without giving anything away, yeah. <laughs> you kind of did. Um, <laughs> there's nothing I I personally could ever want more in a film, ever in my life. 
if I were to make them, you know what I mean? It's I love Inglorious Bastards. I love Pulp Fiction. I love the rest of Quentin's work. But like that is my movie. Like that is everything I ever want from in a movie ever. You know what I mean? Like it's got fucking mm-hmm. anime. It's got kung fu fighting. It's got crazy fucking uh, rock scores. It's got like <laughs> it's got. You know, I dude, I, I fucking yeah, man, Kill Bill. Like, yeah, Kill Bill forever, dude. Like, I, I, it'll, it'll be tough for anyone. To, <laughs> it'll, Kill forever. it'll be tough for anyone to ever top that. Sound like you're in a cult. Like, Kick Ass. Kick Ass has a chance of, of, of being that kind of a movie for me. I really I feel don't like it. Will be. I really don't. I hope so, man. I hope. I mean, so. I hope it is. I hope so. Crank comes close. Crank two. <sighs> pure, just pure fun. Like fucking just tra- like. I don't. I don't think I didn't smile for a second during Kill Bill in theaters. You know what I mean? That's the most perfect fucking movie, dude. And now number one, Jesse. My number one, which surprised me yeah, dramatically. Number- dramatically, build it up, build it up. Come on. Well, I am. If you cut All me right. the fuck off, <laughs> surprise me at being number one. I, I don't even remember. What tried it was. to put things in front of it. I. You don't remember what it was? No. I tried to put Eternal Sunshine in front of it. I, I tried to put Zodiac in front of it. No matter what I put in front of it, I did not feel comfortable unless this was at the top. I did not know it was my number one film until I made this list. Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. Now I remember. You're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really there, good movie. It's, it's flawless. It's a flawless, it's flawless film. You're right. And here's the thing. If anything, our lists are extremely interesting because mine kind of reads like if you read those movies, you go, OK, I know that, dude. He's yeah. some fucking jackass stoner comic book <laughs> fucking retard. And I'm you're, a depressing ass. No, asshole. but your movies, no, dude, they cover the gamut. Like, there's no thematic. Like, Kill Bill and Kung Fu Hustle, like, yeah, those things should be next to each yeah. other. But your movies are all over the place, sir. Like, for that to I be your number one. I think that one, is a compliment. I, I think it is a compliment. Like, yeah. for that for that to be your number one, like, I don't know how that could. Because there are movies on that list that I can see how they could personally affect you. I can't see that personally affecting you. It, it didn't the first time. It took a couple of subsequent viewings for me to kind of get it, but it, it, it really does. Wow, so There Will Be Blood is your favorite movie of the decade. Yes, it is. Interesting, man. And now. When did Wizard of Oz come out? 1939, Wizard of Oz came out. When did Alice in Wonderland come out? I think in like 62. I don't know. I believe the Disney cartoon. But regardless, um, there's a history of movies that every once in a while, every I'd say like every fucking 20 years maybe, maybe every 10 let's say, a movie comes out that is just so imaginative, but but just different. Uh, uh, magical is a, is a good word for it. Like mm. movies... Movies rarely are magical anymore. In, in an age where we know everything about every single step of production and we've seen a million trailers and we know what the actors are getting paid and we know what the sequels are doing, rarely do you see a film that that literally is, is magic. And I don't think there's another way to describe it than that. It's it's a movie that is just not a movie. It's it, 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 Do you know what I'm talking about a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. Um, you know, so Wizard of Oz to me is, is not a movie. That's something that has a life of its own. That that is it is a fairy tale. It is it is. It, let's just face it; it's pure magic. Every once in a while, a movie is something more than a movie, and it's something that'll last forever. And I and my favorite movie of the decade is a movie that I think, I personally think is is one of the most important films ever made. And and 
the most beautiful, the most beautiful film ever made, flat out. The most beautiful film ever made. The the most uh, life affirming film ever made. The mo- the happiest film ever made. Like the number one film of the decade is Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, I, I all right. There's, just, there's not much I can say because I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember liking it. I I saw that in theaters, dude. I just <laughs> that's that's how I judged it literally when it came down to this because I always put Miyazaki at the top of my list and because that seems cheesy a lot of times. It seems like oh fuck you, you're putting some Japanese animated filmmaker like you're trying to be all <laughs> cool. But then I really thought about it. I remember I went to Westbury movie theaters and I saw Spirited Away. I was by myself. My parents dropped me off. I was a at that point. I'd only recently gotten big into it like i re- i just realized mononoke was miyazaki and i just realized totoro was miyazaki and i was like oh my god there's a dude named miyazaki who makes my favorite cartoons <laughs> i didn't realize this was one person doing all this and it was the first and it was the first chance where i got to see a miyazaki film in theaters and like i didn't i I'd, i think i'd seen a trailer i was excited but it excited in a way that like i was excited for cowboy bebop the movie and excited for lost in la mancha yeah and excited for any small release that I feel is important to me. Dude, I weeped openly through all of Spirited Away, but not in a sad way, just in like, I've never, I've never, I've just never seen anything like that in my life, dude. Like, fuck Walt Disney, honestly. <laughs> but that's what it comes down to. If people talk about Snow White and Walt Disney as being, as being the ideal of childhood and the ideal of, you know, as, as this kind of, um, they put him on a pedestal as far as as far as imagination goes, and it just comes down to imagination. I've never seen a more imaginative film in my life than Spirited Away. Like it's just, I was look like a lot of movies take place in self-contained universes. That's my favorite universe by far. Like if I could if I could take a if I had a fucking last action hero ticket, <laughs> I would go to the fucking demon spa and Spirited Away and show it sin and fuck. You know what I mean? And just be happy and like laugh at like the radish spirit and like. You just, you, and that's the thing. I, I, a lot of a lot of people have a tough time with anime because you just you just have to, or cartoons in general because you just have to you have to let yourself laugh at such childish shit. Like mm-hmm. I saw Pee Wee Herman show the other night, and I loved it. But I, to love it, you have to be able to laugh at cheesy, punny jokes that you laughed at when you were five. And maybe that's what I love so much about Spirited Away that I know I know personally, these other movies will change and my tastes will waver. Till the day I die, Spirited Away will be as magical as it is the first time I saw it. That's a very beautiful speech, man. Thank you, Jesse. I like Spirited Away. <laughs> Dude, welcome the fuck back, homie. Appreciate it, man. You gonna stick it's around? It's good to be back. You gonna stick around for a minute? I don't know. I've kind of had my fill of you for the month. So maybe <laughs> another month. You want to you switch it to a monthly podcast? And yeah, like we'll do that. Josh, take over the other episodes? Yeah. Sure. Um, now you're back, right? Back and boarded his return. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm joking. The the night the nightmare is over, folks. Your uh, America's sweethearts are back together again. <laughs> uh, very cool, homie. So fucking. Any, any other anything else you want to say to everyone? Uh, you know, your it's your big debut. Your 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 coming out party, if you will. No, I guess I said it at the base. Ma- I mean, you're it's cool. Work right now, and this is your wrestler. Well, I hope that my performance for the last Have you ever seen a one man <laughs> I was doing the song while you talked to make it like the trailer. <laughs> and on that note, it's been bagged and boarded. Welcome back, Jesse. It's been real. Take yes, it. it has. Take it. Oh, me?
We say what at the end of our shows, motherfucker. I didn't know you were telling me to take it. What? Bagged and boarded. It's been real. What? Bagged and boarded. Jesse watch lots of movies, get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies. Begging boarded, it's a way your life. Tell your friend, tell your mom, tell your hoe, tell your wife. Coming at you on a weekly basis, kicking up pod for your sexy faces. Who's the two free kids you want to bone? In the secret podcast bunker all alone. On the internet, we be the top crooks. We got issues and we owe me funny books. Homie Jimmy Moore and the dinos are chilling. Me and JR, we got the top villain. Sit down, relax, and yo, we'll take a seat. Get ready for the top podcast, you all agree. Others spit loud, but I can spit faster. I'm mad. Cohen, I'm the Jew master. We got everything you could possibly want in it. An hour of us in the Brento minute. I'm a little laid back and he's making the maniacal. Could we just talking shit? Who said the show was viable? Walking in the door, smoking bad Jimmy Moore. You're listening from Alabama, all the way to Singapore. We just two weeks and that's the topic of discussion. Headings of the slopes on the green, on nothing. Quick stop and I told you, storming like a typhoon. It's not right, it's wrong. It's taking lots of bones. Yes, we're teaching every show, everyone celebrates. Cause we got comics, movies, and a little penetration. I regret every episode as soon as it's recorded. Cause I'm down to earth and that is out of orbit. We're not yeah.